1: First Christian Center. It's time for Dr. Jomo Cousins
2: on Fresh Wind Radio. The gift is in us, but it's our responsibility to stir it up. The gift is not something we learn. It's something God gave us. It's something we need to discover, then stir up. Oh, this is good. As I dealt with today's word, today's sermon is entitled Stirred Up. Stirred Up. This is part 12 of my series, Stirred Up. Look at the names of the neighbor. If you haven't been stirred yet, I don't know if you could be stirred. Lord Jesus, if it ain't hit you yet, we got to check your salvation card. Hey, look at your neighbor and check the card, man. Are you a member? Lord Jesus. If the the spirit ain't hit you yet, i got to check your pulse. (sighs) Hidden within you, you have one of the most powerful tools unknown to mankind, one that has capabilities to change the course of history. What is that tool? It's your God-given gift. Some may say, Pastor, I don't have a gift. Well, the Bible says otherwise. And if it's an option between you or the Bible, you're a liar. 1 Peter 4.10 says this. Let's read together, church. Just as each one of you, is that is that is that everybody? Just as each one of you has received, everyone say received. Look at the neighbor say, I got it. Come on, look at him and say, I got it. Come on and say, neighbor, I got it. Okay, has received a special gift, a gift. Spiritual talent and ability graciously given by God. Employ it. Look at your neighbor say, work it. work it. Come on, neighbor, work it. And in serving one another as it's appropriate for God's steward of God's multifaceted grace. Faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities. Granted. Granted means it's already done. Look at your neighbor say, it's already yours. Oh, glory to God to Christians by God's unmerited favor. No excuses. I'm gifted and talented. Uh, I know in elementary school, they didn't separate you for the class, but I want you to know you gifted and talented. Some of y'all still emotional about that. They didn't choose you. That's all right. The gift is in us, but it's our responsibility to stir it up. The gift is not something we learn. It's something God gave us. It's something we need to discover, then stir up. Oh, this is good. No one can activate your gift. You got to do it yourself. Mama can't do it. Daddy can't do it. Nothing worse than trying to motivate the unmotivated. Nothing worse than trying to tell somebody what's on the inside of them. Hey, baby, you got to activate the gift for yourself. Oh, glory to God. Anybody try to motivate somebody in your family and you want it more for them than they want it for, oh, God. You stir up your gift by developing, refining, enhancing, and using it. Now, this is where education comes in. Education can't give you your gift, but it can help maximize your gift. If you use your gift, it will prosper you. Many people are working for money. That's an inferior reason. We must be working on developing our gift. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 18, a man's gift, no, 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 yeah, yeah, a man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men. So, if I focus on my gift, that's where my anointing lies, and in my anointing, I'll find my wealthy place. Stop chasing your job and chase your gift. Stir the gift up. God will get you to where you want to be if you work your gift. Now, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, buckle up. I'm stirred up. Let's say, neighbor, buckle up. I'm stirred up. Second Timothy chapter 1 is where we're going to start. Second Timothy chapter 1 is where we're going to start. I gave you the appetizer. Let's jump into the main course, and I'll bring you back home for dessert. You ready? All right. 2 Timothy chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 3. He says, I thank you, I thank God, whom I worship and serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night, and day. Paul consistently prayed for Timothy, his friend, his fellow traveler, his son the faith, as a strong leader in the Christian church. Although two men were separated from each other, their prayers became a source of encouragement. We should constantly pray for each other, our leaders, those in our life. This week I got a call from one of our members, not no names, and, uh. He he got a call. His his daughter was in a pool of non-response. And he said, Pastor, this all I know. Can you start praying? I sent out a text to the first couple of names I had on my phone. And I just, I was heading home about four or something for my afternoon nap. Did I say, did he say afternoon nap? Yeah, yeah, I'm graduated now. Come on. Anybody graduate to a nap, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I ain't saying praise. I'm, I'm irritable if I don't get my nap in. Tell God be the glory. I need my nap. See, that prayer line be kicking my butt in. I need a nap. Tell God be the glory. You better get that power nap, praise. Anyway, I'm going home for my nap, and I'm tired, too. And uh, I get the call, and I said, okay, Lord, I got to go in overtime. So I'm praying, I'm sweating, I'm going all in, man. Because I'm saying, Lord, this cannot happen. This cannot happen. And in the midst of me praying, I, a, a text came through. I'd still been praying. He said, "They got a pulse." She's a temper general. They got a pulse. The, the baby's fine now. But imagine getting a call saying your baby's floating in the pool, non-responsive. And he says, "He said he, he, the brother hugged me so tight." He said, "Pastor, I said, listen, it wasn't me. It was all God." But see what I realized? You better have somebody in the midnight that you can call on, that you know they're going to go to war for you. They have no problem, praise God, praying and pressing in, not worried about what people say or do about me. I'm getting on my face. I'm saying, Father God, this cannot be what it is. I'm going to intercede. I'm going to press. And guess what? Sometimes some of your issues is nothing but just a lack of prayer. You you, you, See, we, we want breakthroughs, but we don't want sacrifice. Sometimes you have to press your way through, man. I, I prayed so long. After I got the word that she was good, I went to sleep. I ain't wake up till about eleven o'clock. No, no. When you really praying, when you finish, boy, it seemed like you got punched. <laughs> but you gotta press in. Paul and Silas. Though they were beaten, though they were scorched, they pressed in. And the Bible says about the midnight hour there was a great earthquake and the shackles came off. Could it be some of the shackles you got right now is because you aren't willing to press in. You're not willing to press, push until praise, until something happens. Listen, sometimes you got to push past your comfort zone. Sometimes you can't worry about what people say or do. No, no, I need a breakthrough from God and I'm not worried about what people say because what I realize only God can fix this problem I got right now that I'm dealing with. You have to develop The mentality that you're going to be consistent in prayer. Verse four says this, and as I recall your tears, I long to see you as I feel with joy. I remember your sincere, unqualified faith, the surrendering of your entire self in Christ with confident trust in His power, wisdom, and goodness—a faith which first lived in the heart of your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am confident it dwells in you. (sighs) Eunice and Lois were early converts of Paul. This this really blessed me. I, I want you to hear this. Single mothers, hear me. Sometimes you feel that there's a deficiency that may happen because the father may not be playing a role. This should testify to you right now.
1: You're listening to Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Chomo Cousins. Dr. Cousins will be back in just a moment with more fresh perspective from God's never-changing word. In the meantime, we wanted to let you know that you can hear our current series and many others by logging on to our website at freshwindradio.com. you simply enter the access code one zero one eight zero four. Again, the access code is one zero one eight zero four. For more information or to leave a prayer request for Dr. Jomo to pray over, please visit our website at freshwindradio.com. And now, let's get back to the Word. Which first lived in the heart of
2: Eunice and Lois were early converts of Paul. This this really blessed me. I, I want you to hear this. Single mothers, hear me. Sometimes you feel that there's a deficiency that may happen because the father may not be playing a role. This should testify to you right now. It doesn't mention the grandfather or the father, but he says the same faith that was in that mother. And uh, he says, I know it's on the inside of you because every now and then you feel like you're not qualified or not adequate to fulfill the role. But he's saying right here, that same faith that was on the inside of your grandmother and your mother is on the inside of you. I remember maybe 15 years ago, uh, I went to my my grandmother and I told her that you know, I was going to be ordained a pastor and she says, "Uh, Jomo, I know you didn't know this but I've been praying that you would be the one. I didn't realize I had a praying grandmother. And see some of the things that has not hit your life is because you had a praying grandmother. You had a praying mother. Somebody was sitting on the throne interceding. Somebody was the room praying for you, fasting for you. You don't really understand why some of the battles you fight, it's not even about you. You had a praying mother, a praying grandmother who have been praying their way through and saying, baby, not now. This is my child. I'm praying for them. I'm covering them in the blood because guess what? Whether you know it or not. <laughs> there was somebody praying for your life, praying that one day you would hear God's voice. Brothers and sisters, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Not every family is a perfect family. But if we can just find one, one light, one piece of salt, the Bible says that one person can change everything. Will you be the one? Will you be the one? that changes the whole legacy of your family? Will you be the one that's going to intercede? I, I stand here today because I had a praying grandmother. I had a grandmother that they say, baby, just keep praying. Just keep holding on to God's hand. Just, just keep on praying. God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's an ever present help in a time of trouble. I don't know about you, but I had that praying grandmother. He says this, that same faith. That was in her is in you. Ooh, glory. James says the fervent effective prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Second Corinthians 4:13 says, We have the same spirit of faith as those who believed and spoke. Therefore, we also believe and speak. Verse 6 says this: that is why that is why I remind you to fan into the flame the gracious gift of God, the inner fire, the spiritual endowment, which is in you through the laying of the hands at your ordination. Verse 6 in the King James says this, New King James. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. Paul was encouraging him to persevere. Paul's exhortation to Timothy was to stir up. It means to agitate, disturb, wake up the gift that's in him. This is evident that Paul understood that it wasn't enough just to have a gift. The gift has to be active, stirred, and activated. Just because you have to have a gift, a gift is not enough. You got to keep the fire lit. Timothy did not need new revelation or new gifts. He needed a discipline to persevere, to be bold in his gift. Ah, Dr. King said this. Ah, I love this. If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed or Shakespeare wrote. He should sweep the streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause and say, here live the great street sweeper who did his job well. I don't care what your job is. Do it well. I don't care if you pick up trash. Do it well. Whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Because guess what? Increase and promotion don't come from man. It comes from God. Whatever you put your hands to, Lord, I'm going to give you glory in it. God will take you where he wants you to be. You don't need a big job because you serve a big God. Whatever it is God has called you to, work that thing. Work that thing. Employ the gift. (laughs) Oh, glory. Verse 7 says this. For God did not give me a spirit. So what he says is, you got the gift. Oh, glory. You got to stir the gift. But as you stir the gift, you got to keep your mind right. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but God has given us a spirit of power, love, sound judgment, personal discipline, abilities that result in calm, well-balanced mind, and self-control. Pastor, what are you saying? Timothy was experiencing great opposition to his message, and himself as a leader. He was a young leader. People urged him. Paul was urging him to be bold. When you allow people to intimidate you, you neutralize the effectiveness of God. The power of the Holy Spirit can help us overcome fear of what some may say about us. Paul mentions three characteristics of an effective leader. Power, love, and self-discipline. If you don't have opposition, you ain't doing nothing. If no one is coming against you, you got to question what you're working on. How big is the vision God has given you? Will determine how many giants come at you. You should expect opposition. Verse 7 says this So do not be ashamed to testify about the Lord or about me, me as, your prisoner, as his prisoner, but with me take share of the suffering. In the gospel, continue to preach regardless of the circumstances. In accordance with the power of God, for his power is invincible. I was talking to my pastor and he was saying, he said, Jomo, I've heard you and you share to me how you're going through, how you are going through cancer. And how you went through the chemo. And how your daughter's been ill. And how you lost your mother. How you lost your father. How you went through bankruptcy. How you went through foreclosure. How you had the lights cut off. And I'm listening to you. And he says, I want to tell you well done. I said, what do you mean? He says, you haven't complained yet. You just keep on plugging. He says, let me tell you something. The call on your life. If you didn't go through hell, you can't come out with anything. See, see, God allowed me, and I'm not glorifying that. God allowed me to go through these seasons so I can stand before you and say, I got a testimony. I know what it's like when they cut the lights off. I know what it's like when they cut the water off. I know what it's like when they say, son, you got cancer. You got stage three cancer. It's also in your lymph nodes, and you're going to go through chemotherapy, and we hope it all works out for you. I understand when doctors tell me no. I understand when the money is funny and change restraints. I understand when they put the foreclosure the papers on the door. I understand what it is. So God says, I want to tell somebody today that guess what? I serve a God that's a way maker. I serve a God that's a rainmaker. I serve a God who can do it. I want to tell somebody I'm not afraid of my testimony. Yes, I blew it. But guess what? God made a way. I want someone to know that his name is Jehovah Rapha. He is the healer. He is the restorer. He is the redeemer. I want you to know that he is my way maker. I want you to understand, is there anything too hard for God? Don't be ashamed of your testimony. You got somebody right next to you who is going through the same thing, and they may think that, listen, you you may be pastor they knew my story, I was abused, if they knew that I was an addict, if they knew that I was an ex-con, if they knew my story, listen, 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 Romans 8.28 says this, and we know that all things are working together. And fitting into a plan for our good. And we know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And we know my latter shall be greater. And we know that weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning time. And we know that we tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. And we know greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And we know that I walk by faith and not by sight. And we know I will not be discouraged or dismayed by what I see because this too shall pass. And we know That we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not below. We are blessed coming in and blessed coming out. And we know if, if God be for me, who can be against me? I'm not ashamed to testify of my God. And if God can do it for me, God can do it for you. Is there anything... Too hard for God. My Bible says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Woo! Give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh. Sit, down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Now, let me be clear. The reason. The enemy wants you to be quiet about your testimony. Revelation says this. We are made overcomers by the blood of lamb and the word. Because, see, the more you testify, it's you prophesying to the devil. I know you tried to kill me, but guess what? God made a way.